Hi, everybody, and welcome to Cassandra's Report, a podcast about ancient history for the modern world. I'm Lauren. And I'm Amanda. Uh, and since this is our first podcast, um, we thought we would spend a little bit of time in the beginning introducing ourselves and talking about why we want to do this. So um, first thing is, we are both ancient historians, kind of, at least. Um, in the sense of, <laughs> there's, well, there's lots of different ways to be an ancient historian, right? There's lots of different fields within ancient history. Um, so I'm more on the classics history end. I study, um, mostly Roman, uh, history, uh, especially Roman politics. Uh, and a lot of what I do is through literature. Um, but Amanda, on the other hand. Yes. I'm more on the archaeology side of things as well as the Greek side of things. Um, although I also deal with texts. Um, but mostly I've, uh, done a lot of work in prehistory. Yeah. So, um, uh, the other thing that we kind of wanted to let you know is a little bit about, uh, not just what we study, but who we are. Um, we are two very good friends as well as professional <laughs> colleagues. We met uh, at grad school. We both went to the same grad school and we lived together for a very long it, time. Six years? <laughs> A very long time. <laughs> so uh, we we probably know more about each other than we should, but uh, we hope that this podcast will be um, not only um, not only filled with lots of information, but also um, we hope that you will be able to um, be part of our conversations. At least we enjoy a fair amount. Yeah. Um, right. So we we first started talking about doing this because. Uh, not only are we both ancient historians and we both care a lot about uh, history in the ancient world, uh, but we both care a lot about today. Exactly. We actually, we really think that there are a lot of things about the ancient world that can inform the way that we think about the present and especially the way that we um, participate in, 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 in politics, in life, in, uh, you know, and, and approach uh, different topics and uh, in our modern world. Yeah, and and definitely one of the reasons that Amanda and I, I would say became good friends, but I think strengthened and continued our friendship is because we both care a lot about issues of uh, feminism, of uh, social equality, of anti-racism. Um, we definitely have gone to uh, at least one very fun protest together. Uh, so uh, this is something that we, we both care about a lot and have bonded over. And I think it's it's funny, neither of us actually do social history as part of our research. Nope. Um, but I think it's something that we both include really, really heavily in our teaching. Yes, absolutely. So while we did go to grad school together and we lived together for a very long time, we no longer live in the same city. Uh, so we will do our best not to do too much catching up on uh, on Mike, but uh, you never know what'll happen. <laughs> uh, another caveat before we keep going uh, is that we are not in any kind of studio. We are both in our own apartments uh, with other people around and particularly dogs. <laughs> yes. So, so if you hear um, random barking in the middle of a podcast, please forgive us or forgive them. <laughs> yes, they're very cute. We'll post pictures at some point, I'm sure, because our dogs are all adorable. Of course. Um, okay, so the other thing that we thought we should start off talking about is our title. 
Um, we spent a ridiculously long time ridiculously trying to find a title. Long time. I mean, really long time. We should we should actually at some point like throw in some of the different titles we had. Yeah, we we came up with some good ones, and I think that there were some good uh, some good ideas behind them. But uh, we also ended up polling. Well, certainly, I did. I asked pretty much everyone I knew uh, what they thought a good uh, title was, and I asked my friend. Nancy, and she said, don't ask me, uh, my husband, David, comes up with the best titles for everything. And it's not that I was skeptical, but, you know, I was willing to give him a chance. And this was the first one that he sent us, and it was the first one that we both loved and agreed on. Yeah. So um, it's great. I think it's especially great because um, of who Cassandra is and um, how she's somebody who... Well, okay, do you want to just quickly explain who she is? We're going to do a whole episode about her or focusing on her in the future, but we'll just do a really quick summary right now. Right. So, are you giving the summary? Hmm. I thought you were oh, going I'm to. Sorry. I was taking a sip of wine. <laughs> well, okay. Well, Sandra was the daughter, I believe, of Priam and Hecuba. Yep. And, well, uh, according to legend, she was cursed by the god Apollo uh, with uh, having the ability to tell the future, but having no one believe her. Exactly. So I feel like the reason that we, there's, I guess there's two reasons why I particularly like this. One, I feel like the idea of uh, a woman in the ancient world telling people things and not being believed (laughs) um, is something that I think that... um, resonates uh with the modern world and with you know the our idea of trying to want to trying to want to of trying to give a voice to uh maybe people we don't hear so much about but the other thing is that uh, the reason that she uh is able to prophecy but is not believed is because uh Apollo um apparently she agrees to sleep with Apollo um and that's why he gives the gift of prophecy then she changes her mind and says no and everyone seems to think that it is totally reasonable that she is cursed <laughs> for the rest of her life with nobody believing her ever on anything. And uh, bad things happen. You know, her entire city is destroyed in war, and then she gets taken off as a slave, and everybody there dies too. Right. So yeah, we'll talk more about that in the future. Because, but you know, she just changed her mind. Right. Um, I think one of the themes we will end up um, probably featuring is uh, the idea of women's consent in the ancient world yes. and how it is related to curses when it ever comes up. <laughs> and to being punished. <laughs> yes. A lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the image uh, of the podcast, uh, which is actually a different story about her. Another time she's raped, actually, mm-hmm. um, is when she is holding on to the statue of Athena, uh, and she gets raped in Athena's temple, and then, like, of course, Athena is not really a fan of hers. No, she actually gets blamed by Athena. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, for for, for daring, having been raped in her temple. Exactly. (laughs) So, there's lots of layers to poor Cassandra. Um, But what I I love how, like, I feel feel like today, the idea, the thing that we remember about her is that she was, she said true things. Yeah. And wasn't believed. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we went with it. Um, 
Okay, so we have lots and lots and lots of things that we want to talk about. We have lots of ideas for future episodes. And we also spent a lot of time trying to decide what we wanted our first episode to be about. And we ended up coming up with the first thing that, I mean, I guess I can only speak for me and Amanda, but I feel like pretty much everybody who does ancient things, or who's a historian at all, gets this all the time, right? Anybody you meet, you say, oh, yes, I'm an ancient historian. They say... They say... When, when, what period would you like to go back to? Like, <laughs> exactly. If you could go back, when would you go back? And both me and Lauren's answer is usually right now. Right now. <laughs> if I had <laughs> or, to go back, like, maybe a second. Nowhere. There is nowhere that I want to go before yeah. this, you know, time in the 21st century. Exactly. I feel like I always, I have a stock answer now. And my stock answer is um, right now because of uh, antibiotics, yep. the right to vote, and toilet paper. <laughs> and I think that pretty much summarizes it um, for me as well. Uh, women actually have rights today. We might not have all the rights that we wish for, but we have a hell of a lot more than any woman ever had in history. And also, I really, really love the fact that when I have a headache, I can take Advil. I know. I I think that there's, there's, there's this weird... Um, idea that like because everybody survived through history right. like it couldn't have been that bad <laughs> but like a people definitely did not all survive no and two um i think that we we ignore sometimes how great we have it yes i think uh, again not to, not in any way shape or form to to say that we all have it great or that there aren't many things that i wish were different there are many things i wish were different but, uh, yeah, Under, and people are like, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to go back to the past and observe, um, as long as I have a way to come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people ask like, would you want to go back for even a little while? And I'm like, I would die immediately. <laughs> like how many of us would even be alive? I guess I've had pretty good health history. Like, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have like. Uh, and if there's lots of people who are like, oh yeah, you know, like I, I broke my leg when I was a kid. You're like, you could be dead. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much, that's the thing too, is that people forget things like, um, eyeglasses. Like, yes. you know, if you're born, right. like pretty much blind, you have to go through life blind. Exactly. Like, I needed glasses starting in like grade one. I, I would die. I would definitely die without glasses because I cannot see. Um, and I would be a completely useless burden on society without the ability to do anything. Yep. So, so it's just little. Uh, also, vaccinations. Vaccinations are mm -hmm. great. They save many, many lives. I say that I wouldn't have been dead necessarily because I didn't have any major major health scares in my life. But like, yeah, maybe one of the reasons I didn't is because I have been vaccinated. Right. And maybe you had a cold when you were a kid, and you'd be dead. Exactly. Um, I definitely want at some point in the future to talk about uh, ancient medicine, yeah. because I think that that's something that is uh, super interesting and, and not super well understood by people. Um, the whole leeches and bleeding thing, they did not actually do that much in ancient Greece and Rome. Right. Um, oh, I guess one thing I should say is that we call ourselves ancient historians, but um, we both focus on the ancient Mediterranean. Yes. Uh, and as much as I wish I knew more about other areas of the ancient world, I only know a little bit from when I taught World Civ. Um, we will, I think, in this podcast, as much as we can, uh, try to bring in other cultures um, 
I mean, the ancient ones specifically that we know enough about to say anything are, you know, China and India. Um, but uh, we will be focusing on the ancient Mediterranean because that's what we know. Yeah. Which is not to, to put it above any other part of the world. It's no, not. it just happens to be what we got into and what we know yeah. best. So we are going to stick to what we know. But um, we do uh, sometimes know things about other parts of the world. <laughs> Yes. It would also be really fun if we could get somebody who studies another part of the world to come on at some right. point. Right. Absolutely. That would be fun. Um, uh, right. So we were talking about medicine, yeah. uh, ancient medicine, and how much we do not want to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but let's talk about the other major reason and in fact, if, that we, I, I'm just yeah. going to cut you off. In fact, if there is, Please. you know, I have to say that if you have, like, have had any friend ever, and, and, and this just... There are people out there who are like, no, I don't need this medicine. I don't need that. I can go on my own. Or, um, uh, you know, kind of like the macho type person. <laughs> this is what gets me the most because I'm like, because then, you know, if you actually, it's like, it's one thing to turn down Advil, but it's another thing to turn down like the hospital when you have a broken leg. <laughs> yeah. And, that is absolutely true. But for some reason, you know, uh, uh, we have this false sense that we're really tough and really we rely so much on modern medicine. Um, that if we did, I mean, yeah, there is absolutely no way I would like, I would want to live back no. in the day. Oops. Absolutely not. Not the least little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. So the other thing that, uh, that, that we often point to is, uh, given that we are ourselves, we are both women. Um, being a woman in the ancient world is not something I would want to experience. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and what's really funny is, um, I had this conversation once with, with another Romanist, um, unsurprisingly a guy mm-hmm. who was shocked that I would not have wanted to go back if I was like an elite Roman citizen woman. Yeah. Right. And the answer that I, I gave him, which again, I feel like usually we don't get this from other historians, but there are a certain class of people that don't necessarily think about things, not from their own perspective. Um, one of the examples I used for him was, um, you know, the, there's no such thing as rape in the ancient world, not in the sense that it didn't happen or that people didn't call things rape. Um, but what we define as rape now, right, which is sex without consent, uh, is not a concept that existed in the ancient world. The idea of women consenting to sex was not something that anybody thought for two seconds about. Um, if it was somebody that their father was okay with them uh, having sex with or they weren't cheating on anyone else. Right, exactly. The, the, the consent, not to say that rape was not um, punishable, but it was right. only punishable because it was an offense against either the father, if the woman was unmarried, or the husband, if she is married, uh, or, you know, whatever. It, it's always in relation to, it's an affront to the man, not to the woman. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, like, for example, he kind of, uh, this person I was talking to said, oh, you know, the rape of Lucretia which um, is a story about the founding of Rome um, told particularly by, by many people, but the account that I've read the most is by Livy. Um, and it's a really, really fascinating uh, take on it. Uh, it, it. Basically, what happens is this, 
I wish it weren't quite so topical that the uh, son of a tyrant, um, the son of the king of Rome, uh, expresses his disrespect for other people and citizens and his lack of understanding of his equality to everyone else because he thinks he's above them because he's the son of a king by raping a woman, um, by raping Lucretia, who is the most modest of all the women. She is married uh, to somebody else. Um, and when uh, she calls her husband and her father to her after this has happened, uh, he only gets her to relent when he says, uh, if you don't let me rape you, I will... Um, I will uh, kill you and then put a dead slave naked in your bed. And I'll say that uh, I I found you having sex with a slave. And we'll talk a lot more about slaves, too, um, and sex. But this was the worst affront she could possibly think of to her modesty. So he rapes her and then uh, runs off. And her father and husband come in. And she's, you know, horribly upset. Um, and in this story, the father and the husband say, it's not your fault. Um, we know you didn't want it. It is, it is, what do they say? It is the mind that sins, not the body. Right. Um, and so it's a really kind of interesting pushback against some of the things even now we hear about rape. Um, but of course the end of the story is that she commits suicide and thereby becomes uh, a heroine of Rome. Yeah. That's- so even though there are in this story, like male voices saying it's not your fault, uh, that doesn't and matter. also the fact that it, it's celebrating the fact that she was so such a wonderful woman that she killed herself. That, exactly. That this was such an act of, uh, you know, this was such a great act that she that she would sacrifice herself because of the shame. Right. Exactly. Because she says she doesn't want she doesn't want any other unchaste women to live by her example. Right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which is, is really <laughs> awful. Oh, like who, who's ever going to be like, oh, that girl got raped. I could definitely cheat on my husband. But, um, oh. you know, ancient logic, ancient logic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like this is this is how the Roman Republic is born. Right. This is the actual origin story for the the form of government that uh, not only Rome, but America yep. um, puts on a pedestal. It is uh, always sort of based on violation of women. I feel like we're going to come back to that yes, a lot. We, I don't I don't mean to, but uh you know, that's that's where but, a lot yeah, of stuff Yeah, when starts. you think about it, uh, the, the fact is is that it's only until extremely recently that uh, women have had any rights whatsoever. Now, granted, I'm saying that in general because, you know, women did have rights at certain times in certain places, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whereas, for example, in Greece, women could not own any property, for example. In, the, mm-hmm. in, in Middle East, um, you know, a couple millennia before uh, the Common Era, we do have legal texts uh, that attest to the fact that women could own property, in fact. So, you know, obviously there's not just like one model that goes uh, for everywhere at any at every time. But generally speaking, uh, if you're a woman, this is pretty much the best time to live in. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you bring up something else that, that I definitely wanted to talk about in terms of um, the ancient Mediterranean, right? That it's it's super, super heterogeneous. Yes. Um, even within Greece, 
Um, Sparta and Athens have completely different cultures and legal systems. Rome is completely different from both. Egypt, I think that's probably what you're referring to with evidence of women owning property. Um, also, I guess, um, like Sumeria. Yeah, yeah right? in this case. And I, I, I'm not 100% sure in Egypt, but I'm pretty sure it's the same in Egypt. But yes, I was referring to Sumeria. Yeah. Assyria. Yeah. I know we have a lot of legal... I know that women, I think, were able to appear in court because I think we have Egyptian legal documents. Yeah. No, and, and in the Sumerian... Um, in the Assyrian text, they, they can own property. They can also own businesses and, um, yeah. you know, and all of that. Um, but, again... Yeah, no, I mean, always more inequality than... Like, no, at no point in the ancient world is anybody like men and women are equal. Right, exactly. That is not Despite a concept that anybody that, had. And one of the things that you sort of brought up in your story, and this is one of the things that I think bothers the both of us a lot, is that um, men especially uh, will tend to argue with you that, in fact, women <laughs> throughout history, in fact, did have a lot of power. Uh, and that, in fact, in, in some cases, uh, that uh, I have been told that women in fact, have always had all the power. <laughs> and right. Really right. Because we, we, we it's the, always, yeah, it's the whole woman behind the man. Uh, yes. Where we exert our power by uh, having vaginas. Right. <laughs> is that, you know, one way or another, I mean, there, there are two things here. One is the, you know, woman behind the man as in like women who actually, you know, elite women, Okay, did have mm-hmm. power. Um, and, you know, as if that's like, you know, we're talking about elite women sometimes in history, like have some kind of power. Great. That's not exactly an example of how women had power throughout history. <laughs> right. And secondly, there's the whole, well, women actually control the men all the time. So, you know, so, yeah. Well, okay, fine. Woman can't own property. She, you know, she, she, she can't decide who she marries and she can't decide what she does with her life. But, but she is telling her husband what to do. So obviously we have all the power. Exactly. And that is so annoying. And I'm sure that everybody to a certain extent has heard this argument. Yeah. Um, like, and I think that, you know, know what that drives not, me crazy is even if, even if they were right, even if women were able to start significant enough power in that way that we should be caring about it. Um, like, are we supposed to feel better that our only power is right. through men? <laughs> that, that, it's, that it's behind the man? Exactly. Uh, and that's the thing, is that, of course, we're not saying either that women never had power at any point in history. No. There, I mean, absolutely, there were women with power, but, you know, it's this, this false sort of idea that that somehow we're manipulating things and that in in fact we're we're better off um than everybody right. else and the fact is that we haven't been i mean if right and i and i think one of the reasons that we kind of get this is i i, I mean i think that there are some men that clearly believe that women are constantly manipulating them but i think there's there's a whole like trend of thought where people um, people think that to to be feminist to raise up women they have to yeah. say women have always been yeah able to, to exert power that, that we have to look at the exceptions and say like, it's okay for women to be in power because, because we have this example of women back then. Um, and I think we'll talk about this more in the future, but like, we do not need to justify the right of women to exist or have power by saying it happened in the past. Exactly. In the same way that that you can't use really 
you know, any argument of that kind uh, to justify anything, yeah. really. Exactly. Um, it's not because, so yeah, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's absurd um, and very frustrating to deal with. But, uh, and, and it's sometimes it, it's really well-meaning. Right. Um, and, and I love highlighting what we do know about women in the ancient world and the women that we do know about, which is not to say that there weren't a lot of really, really awesome women yeah. uh, in the ancient world. But I think to, to make it, to, to heroize them at the expense of understanding um, right. I mean, women's in, in ways, position in generally. In some ways, it's, it's almost, it's kind of similar to the whole, like, well, I have a gay friend phenomenon. Right? Oh, exactly. You know, which is the, like, oh, I know a gay person. He's really nice. So, like, gay people can be nice. It's true. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's that's exactly it. It's like justifying your general like uh, belief in in like male or straight or white supremacy by being like, but I have one token friend. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. This proves it's not that bad. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. sort of the same version of that. So. It's frustrating, and that does tend to come up when you bring up, you know, traveling back to the past. Um, yeah. And and unfortunately, it is often, you know, the men who tend to have that argument. Yeah. And, and like, I've definitely met a lot of very reasonable scholars who do not think that. Right. No, but, of course. Of course. Of course yeah. not. But, you know, actually, what's funny is that, like, I, I think there are also a lot of women who... Um, who think that way as well. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately enough. It, it, and, and But thinking that they are sort of that glorifying certain women in history specifically is yeah. um, is in some way a, a feminist perspective. Um, which, right. of course, well, I mean, and it's not that it's not feminist no. to talk about them, but it's it to to use that as a way to to um, dismiss. Yes. Right. Yeah, the no, other exactly. stuff that we know. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess we did want to talk a little bit about a few different specific situations, I guess. I wanted to anyway, because I think that one of the things um, I find so fascinating is particularly how Spartan women are seen in uh, popular culture. Yes. Um, and I think, obviously, this comes from the movies 300 and 300 Rise of an Empire. Um, I think, I know this is true for men also, but, like, I I'm pretty sure that everybody who does ancient history um, is well aware of the impact uh, that movies have had on popular culture and all the students in our classes. Yeah. Everybody um, loves the Spartans. Everybody is so obsessed with the Spartans. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, the reason that, that I brought it up in the context of women is because there are a lot of people that also kind of use Sparta as an example of a place where, um, like, it wasn't so bad to be a woman, right? The idea that, like, if you had to go back and be a woman, you'd want to pick, um, you know, I don't know, either being, like, an elite Roman woman or maybe a Spartan woman. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's if you had to go back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you're forced to. But I to. do always kind of, right, if you're forced <laughs> to, uh, I guess that's not the worst choice. But I feel like the reason that Spartan women um, kind of are, are considered treated better than their other 
uh, female kin around the rest of the ancient world um, is because they are more equal to men in Sparta, mm-hmm. but that's because it's like genuinely like for everybody, a totalitarian communist, mm-hmm. like horrible place <laughs> where no one has any control over their lives. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the the Spartan government. Yeah, it's 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 unique. <laughs> At least what we hear of, like, and I, you know, we know that there is uh, something else. We again, we'll be talking about in the future is, uh, you know, reality versus what we hear in the sources. But certainly, what we hear um, in the sort of classical descriptions of Spartan society. Um, you know, we know things like women were apparently able to read, women were educated in Sparta, were women were encouraged to, yeah, women were encouraged to, like, train physically. Train physically. Um, but the reason was to make better male babies. Right. So, again, uh, I mean, again, this is probably, if I was forced to go somewhere, like, this might be on my list. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, it's... It would so not be on my list. I mean, I get it. Like, I, I think you'd be more equal. But the idea of, like, all I do is, like, exercise and have babies is, like, my nightmare. <laughs> I cannot imagine anything that would be less suited to being me. Yeah, but they are they are unique in Greece, at least, in the sense that, you know, in at least for all the places in Greece that we know of, we have yeah. ancient records for, uh, women had... No rights. They were not able to vote, of course, but they weren't able to own property either. Uh, Whereas Spartan women uh, were allowed to own property and, in fact, run, you know, uh, run things when their men were away. So which was often because the men like lived in barracks rather than in homes. Yeah. With their families. It's very. Yeah. Uh, Um, uh, And I guess we'll probably. Have you know, an episode at some point on Sparta, but they are yes. pretty much a communist society. Yes. Um, um, which is why it's always so great when all of these like hyper masculine, like <laughs> army people are in your class, like tell me about the Spartans. And you're like, Oh, they, you know, uh, had sex with boys and were communists. <laughs> like it completely shatters everybody's. <laughs> yes. We need to tell, was it, you said that the, the NRA, Lo- yeah. um, motto is from Sparta. Yeah, the NRA's motto is Labe, which is a right. sentence from Herodotus, um, uh, which a, a sentence that supposedly the Spartans would say means "come get them," you know, "come get our right our, our weapons." Weapons. Yeah. So apparently that's <laughs> the NRA. Which... Oh man. Oh man, I chuckle about that. I feel like anytime you're mad at the NRA, just think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's always that's always right, fun because it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're probably talking about this. Maybe, maybe um, just to clarify, I guess that even though in the movies you do see that there is a king. In fact, you know, very very quickly, the Spartan government was composed of well, actually two kings. Just in case mm-hmm. one, well, one that went off to war and one that kept things. Um, uh, going at home, and then a council, uh, a council mm-hmm. of elders, and then a sort of a senate council, which mm-hmm. uh, was made up of basically all of the free, all of the free Spartan males. Right. And um, yeah, 
Because I would say necessarily more than anyone else, but anywhere else, but like uh, very, very evidently, this is a, a society that only existed because of slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something else that we will come to um, in other episodes as well, right? That um, even even all of the the societies that modern people are like, oh, you know, the Roman Republic, Democratic Athens, mm-hmm. uh, only possible because of slavery. Right. Um, Absolutely. But the, the, the point being that the kings didn't have absolute power. They that the, the community had to like the Senate had to make the decisions. So really, the kings are just kind of figureheads. Um, but the entire society like works basically um, as a, as a, you know, well, I mean, the closest, I guess, form of government that it would parallel to today is communism. Yeah. Well, like an oligarchic communist. Yeah, oligarchic communist. Yeah. yeah. Oligarchy. Is that a thing? We, we just invented yeah, that. So. That's okay. That works. Why not? It's true. Um, all right. So. So, yeah. So, well, that's, that's, well, that was our tangent on women's rights. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) on being a woman, I guess we, right, our, our third, um, our third answer to why we would not want to go back was convenience. (laughs) Right. So we had medicine rights and convenience. Um, well, like that was the toilet paper answer. Right. Like, uh, that, that really and truly there's all these things about modern Western living that, uh, yeah, and I think it's, it's, I think it's really good to appreciate. I think that as, um, that, that as a, uh, an ancient historian, as an archaeologist, I have come to appreciate, um, the, the small things in life more than I ever did before. And I feel like this would be a great thing for, for, for everybody to think about every once in a while. Because, is that just because you study the ancient world? Or is it because you have to go live in like, <laughs> terrible circumstances in barracks like once a year well that may be part of it but because sometimes we have to live in in, archaeologists don't always live in the greatest conditions because we don't have a whole lot of funding but 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 even before that you know like i've always been you know uh I've, i've always been interested in that kind of stuff like how people used to live before and um and i think but i think that those the details of 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 how people used to live. These are, are things that we don't necessarily think about. And I feel like, you know, whoever's listening right now, like, you know, just, just like, there are wonderful things to appreciate in life. Like sometimes when I come back and it's freezing cold outside and I walk into my house and it's so warm and I think to myself, how horrible would it be? I mean, how awful would it be if I walked into my house and it was just as cold and I had to go and get some logs and put them on the fire and wait. I I think about that sometimes because I live in Canada, right? (laughs) Um, And I, I know, I know that like Mohawk people and Iroquois people lived here. um, And I cannot get my head around it. (laughs) Holy God. Like I can barely live here when there's like nice, convenient heating and my electric blanket every night. Like exactly. And, oh, and you know, and honestly, it does, it does, it, it's, it's good for the soul, like every once in a while to mm-hmm. just be like, oh man, I'm so lucky. Beds. Or exactly, next time you go to the toilet, be like, oh, oh. man. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, so, but I think this actually kind of brings us back around maybe to, to a, a theme that, um, we mentioned a little bit at the beginning obliquely, but it's definitely going to be a big thing, um, for the podcast as a whole. Right. Is that the way we approach history 
um, I think we both think of as a relatively modern way, right? That a um, hundred years ago, uh, the idea of historians spending a lot of their time and mental energy on how people lived or how women lived um, was not really the, was not the main thrust of ancient history, right? right? It was mostly like, um, and this is going to sound terribly dismissive, um, you know, like old man politics. And the reason it's funny that I'm being super dismissive of that is that that is exactly what I actually say. <laughs> uh, old man politics, like totally like freaking mainstream, what you'd read a hundred years ago kind of stuff. But um, I think it's important to, to kind of think about how um, the priorities for at least some historians leading us have shifted. Yeah. Right. To not just being about, um, Cicero and Caesar and all of those super interesting people, mm-hmm. but, um, to understanding how society worked and what that can tell us yeah. about, um, our society and about how we treat people. Um, and, and I think this is a thing that I say a lot in terms of both race and sexuality, particularly in studying the ancient world, that, um, I love showing that there are, there's nothing inherent to humanity about the way we see it today. Yeah. That, that, um, our version of how we think sexuality works or how we think race works or how we think gender works, um, isn't, it's not an objective reality, right? And we can see other ways that that kind of stuff worked by studying the ancient world. So I think that's, that's kind of a lot of the stuff that we want to be getting to. Exactly. In this podcast. It's, it's wonderful. And again, you know, one of the reasons I love what I do, I, I love to teach this stuff and I love it because mm-hmm. it's exactly that you can buy you know, by learning about how different people did different things in very different ways at very different times. Um, it just kind of opens your mind to the different possibilities, like, and to, um, to just how, you know, how, how we can think about things differently. Yeah. So, uh, I will, I guess I'll maybe tell this story. Well, it's not actually a whole story, but, um, uh, I will leave, maybe we can leave you guys with this, uh, that one time I did in fact have a student raise her hand in class and say, but Caesar couldn't be gay. He conquered Europe. Um, so we will get to all kinds of fun topics like sexuality and race and uh, different authors and different topics that we think will be fun and interesting in future episodes. So we hope you stick with us. If you want to um, send us an email or send us a message, you can find us at Cassandra's Pod. Um, no spaces, no dots at gmail.com or our Twitter account at Cassandra's pod. Um, and we would love to hear from you and we hope to see you guys next time. Yeah. And we're happy. We're happy to, uh, um, you know, if you're interested in any, uh, you know, any references that we've made, any in the history or the people, you know, we're happy to give you, you know, any references to books or primary sources that you'd be interested in. That's totally, you know, we're, we're willing to do that. That'd be, yes. That'd be fun for us too. Awesome. Okay. All right. Great. So we will see you guys again right. soon. Bye. Bye.